0: what your messaging should be on LinkedIn is not sell, not, hey, how can I get Peter to buy this? It should be, how can I get a conversation with Peter where I'm going to provide Peter value? And cool, Mm -hmm. if Peter then wants to know about what I'm selling him, awesome. But that is by no means my goal if I wanna have any success with it. Like what will Peter find value in? Do I have a direct resource specifically for Peter? That's a valuable message. Can I connect Peter to somebody in my network? That's a valuable message. Not, hey, Peter, buy my services and pay me $20,000. It's like, that just does not work.
1: Welcome to the Founders Journey podcast. Inspiration, education for founders. By founders. Welcome back to Founders Journey podcast. Uh, here with my co-host, Peter Dean. Peter.
2: Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm really excited to have Harris on something close to my heart. So really important.
1: Yeah, this one's right up your alley. So uh, so glad to have uh, Harris uh, Fanaroff with us. Harris uh, is the founder of Linked Revenue. So we'll be talking about his own founder's journey and we'll explain what Linked Revenue is. In the second, we'll be talking about Harris's own founder's journey. Plus, um, plus really it, it, the service he's providing actually to founders, which is something really incredibly valuable, I think, for, for founders to understand today around... Um, around maximizing LinkedIn for business growth. So Harris, welcome uh, welcome to the Founders Journey Podcast.
0: Excited to be here, Greg and Peter. Thanks so much for having me. Excited for today's conversation.
1: You started a company, you've been around sales for a long time. So Harris and I have actually known each other for a couple of years now. And, and Harris has built his business called Linked Revenue around actually working with um, founders, executives who are really looking to promote their presence on linkedin and there's a lot of really good reasons for this right i mean i think you know it's easy to kind of listen to this and say okay well all right linkedin don't i just go on i've got my profile and that's it but that's really where you know harris is really digging in so we're going to get into a lot of that stuff today because as we go into this i think what you understand is really using linkedin and other social media platforms is a really fundamental way to to drive um to drive growth is uh, is a really important thing. So, uh, so that's a bit about Harris. We'll, uh he's also a, p- probably most importantly got uh, what a nine month old boy now. Nine month
0: old. Yep, nine month old boy.
1: All right. So coming up on his first uh, his first holidays here as a dad. So uh, so
2: super exciting. So
1: again, welcome Harris. Look forward to uh, to jumping into this. So uh, Peter, want to get us going?
2: Yeah. So I just wanted to first ask you about how you selected LinkedIn as as a channel, really, for business development? By no means a straight line trajectory. Mm-hmm. So I have always
0: wanted to be a founder. For some reason, I wanted to be one of the <laughs> crazy people who starts something and lives through the ups and downs of it. And that was always kind of my what I wanted to do. But I, what was really important to me was making a good salary and having the being okay on that front. And so I didn't know necessarily what it was. I've tried a bunch of different things things. I've had different coaching businesses that I've had. Mm -hmm. Most recently, and I'll tell you how I got into linked revenue, I was running a new hire onboarding company where I would help on the consulting side for new hire onboarding. So what I was seeing was that companies did a really poor job with new hire onboarding. And I thought, okay, here's a problem. I can help in this space. And it was going okay. I had a couple of consulting clients that I was working with, but what I was really finding, to be completely honest and frank, was that one, companies didn't really care enough about their people to heavily invest in new hire onboarding. And two, that companies weren't hiring. So it was like middle of this year and I kept being like, yeah, we'd love to work with you when we start hiring. And so I was at uh, breakfast with one of my new hire onboarding clients and he was like, Harris, you're super active on LinkedIn. And he was a founder or a partner of a hundred, hundred person company. So if you're super active on LinkedIn, like how do you do it? I'm like, here's my process. I've been doing this for a while. I've been doing it for about two years for myself, building on LinkedIn. And he goes, that's awesome. I don't have time to do that. Will you do it for me? And I'm like, will you pay me? And he's like, yep. And from that, a business was essentially born. So I breakfast with one of my onboarding clients. And I started talking about this more and more. And the more I talked about it, the more founders, chief revenue officers, head of sales that were interested in it, And I'm like, all right, there's something here. I've been in business development and sales my whole career. Nothing has been this easy from a interest uh, booking calls perspective. I'm like, okay, there's something here. That's when I doubled down. And now that's what I do full-time is help executives, chief revenue officers, head of sales, do LinkedIn more effectively to generate sales. That's
2: awesome. Peter, how
1: many times have we heard that theme of, well, I was doing this one thing. And then one of my customers said to me, why aren't you doing this other thing? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a bigger problem you can help me solve than the one you're trying to solve. And all of a sudden the business is born, right? We hear that story all
2: the he time. He just defined like what we've heard. A lesson I learned early was do what people are willing to pay for. And you clarified that right away. Like, were you paying for it? It's <laughs> like, absolutely, I'll pay for it. So that's great. Right, right. It's huge. I was beating my head against the wall from a
0: new hire onboarding me like please what can I do to help you with new hire onboarding and in this it's like I just told me about it where do I sign up and so I'm like okay like red flashing lights there's something here rather than what I was beating my head against the wall
1: you know I think that's the other really important part here Harris for founders right That are listening to this today Uh, so many founders um I, I think spend you know there's this fine line right between like At what point do I actually start to make a pivot? At what point am I just not giving it enough time? Or am I just really beating my head against the wall, like you said, right? Where I'm not really getting the traction. And suddenly this thing that comes along that's like just a lot easier than the silence of the market sometimes is the loudest voice you could possibly hear, right? When you're really trying to push the rock a lot and it doesn't feel like anybody's listening. Well, you may not be telling the story the way right way or more likely you're telling the story, but nobody cares. Right. right? And I think that's, a, it's just, it's a great lesson. So when, when, you, when you think about LinkedIn as a platform, right? And this is not a commercial for LinkedIn. Just And Harris does not work for LinkedIn. There's no connection to LinkedIn here. But, but it is a really powerful platform, right? So in your experience, really, it seems like LinkedIn has evolved a lot for executives, for founders, things like that, for being this place to just sort of post a profile. Talk about that evolution a little bit and why it's become it, you know, LinkedIn specifically, but also social platforms in general become a really powerful place to, uh, you know, for founders and executives to be.
0: Yeah, I think we live in a world of like thought leadership and the best founders and heads of companies are becoming thought leaders in their specific space. And the best platform to do that is going to be LinkedIn. Everybody has LinkedIn, everybody. Anybody that's in the professional world has LinkedIn. And I think they are really only scratching the surface as far as like what content creators are doing on that platform, like Twitter and Facebook or X and Facebook and Instagram. Those places have been there for a while. I really think we're just starting to scratch the surface of LinkedIn and I intentionally focus all my time with executives on LinkedIn because I think it's the biggest bang for their buck. There's no trolls, you know who's viewing your profile, you know who's liking, you know who's commenting. It's like there is by far the highest ROI on LinkedIn. And yet I heard this the other day of the billions of people that are on LinkedIn, 1% of people post every month. 1% of people post every month. It's unbelievable. When when you think about like your ability to stick out and stand out in a sales and business development world, it Mm -hmm. is such an untapped tool for so many people. But I think a lot of people are scared of what to post. They don't have the time. They don't know how the algorithm works. And so that's where I've really like kind of entrenched myself is like, this is a huge sales and business development platform that so many people aren't using. And I think the opportunities are, are pretty unbelievable. I mean, you can find people, connect with people that email doesn't work. Cold calling is hard. You have this ability to build yourself as a thought leader and attract your ICP in a way that no other platform can do.
1: So talk about some of the success stories you've seen, right? I mean, not just your own, but like, you know, I know that there's a lot of examples of, of founders and executives who have really made a meaningful difference to the business. If you're a founder today, t- talk about some of the stories you've seen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So becoming a thought, at so I have one client. And let me also say that all of my clients are completely confidential with them. So it, I will never say, Hey, I work with Harris Fanneroff. And so it's a, but head of a staffing company who got a hundred new uh, openings based on six months of really good content in the, Uh, tech hiring spaces. They became known as the thought leader in that, which was really, really good. I have another one who runs a leadership development company. They were brought in as a $350,000 engagement by a Fortune 500 company because they were talking about the problems that they were facing on a consistent basis, this CEO, this thought leader was. And so a little bit of it is like, how can you increase your surface area for luck? How can you target and talk to one specific ICP, one ideal customer profile and hit on every problem they have where it's like, hey, Greg is talking about my problem, so I know Greg is the person to do it. The thing that is important to remember though is it's, it's built up over time. A lot of people think and utilize LinkedIn as, hey, once every six months, I'm gonna do a commercial for my business. You're never gonna get a lead that way. It just is not gonna happen. It has to be consistent value at your ICP over a long period of time. But once you do that, the more and more you do it, the better it works. The only other thing that I'll just mention is I can't tell you how many times my clients have come from people who have never liked or commented on a single post that I've done. Not once. And i posted <laughs> basically every day for two years, so five days a week for two years. Never commented, engaged on a single post. They send me a direct message. Hey, what you're doing on LinkedIn is really interesting. I'd love to work with you. So it's amazing that there's, there's this whole like silent world of lurkers that are potentially going to be interested in what you're doing. You just have to cut through the pain of doing this for six plus months is really what it comes down to. And most people don't have the patience to do it or time to do it. But once you can cut through that, the possibilities are pretty unbelievable. If you're selling B2B pretty high value items, product services, things
2: like that. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. So you said that on these executives and founders tend to struggle with like having time to do it. Um, What are some of the common, you know, challenges that you see for that? Yeah. So, so time is a
0: huge one. I don't, and what I often see from executives and founders, which just uh, crushes me is like Friday at 6 PM, they'll shoot off something. And I'm like, nobody is on LinkedIn Friday at 6 PM. Please wait until Monday morning or at least Saturday morning. like, so when they have the minute to do it, they post and they're like, ah, nobody liked it or comments. Nobody's looking at what I'm doing. Yeah, this doesn't work, right? I hear that all the time. It's like, oh, what a lot of people do. Oh, I tried this. I send, I did two posts last week. I didn't get any clients. People are knocking down my door. That's a huge one. Is like expecting kind of instant gratification from it, which I feel like if you're in sales, you know that that's not the world of sales is instant gratification or knowing what to post. So a lot of people, let's say they live in, Uh, the world of digital transformation. They just assume everybody around them knows everything about digital transformation, but they, but they don't like, you spend all your time all day thinking about that. There's going to be people who find value in what you're sharing. What I always tend to do is like, who's your ICP and how can with every post you provide value for them? Like when I work with founders and executives, that's what I'm focused on. So I will interview them and ask them questions that, they then say, and we can turn into really good content targeted at their ICP value stories, client success stories, different stats, things like that, that, that is really targeted at that one person who's their best and favorite client.
1: So it's, so it's time. And it's also just not knowing you said what to post. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a, that's really an important part of that. Harris, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn also, and I've been active on Twitter or X or whatever <laughs> it's called Elon's world. Um, it and you know for for a while, and I think that it's a it's a really big, big part of this. I know it's something that I've really struggled with, right? Because you do think there is this tendency to think that, oh, what I'm saying is stupid. like everybody knows this, right? It's oh. uh, this is just such common sense right? That why wouldn't everybody know what the four tenants of the future of work are? Why wouldn't everybody, why isn't everybody's thinking about what future work is going to look like in the next decade or what venture capital, like nobody's thinking about this, right? It's just, it's just you are and that, in that basic thing. And I think the other part of this is not trying to create like brand new, and this is something again, I struggle with, like not trying to create brand new content every single day because it's impossible.
0: Right? Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what overwhelms people is they're like, I'm not i I'm not a content factory. I don't, I don't know how to do this. I got, I got a million other priorities. And that's honestly why the business has been able to have so much success is because I talked to executives and chief revenue officer, like, Harris, I don't have time to post and engage and comment on LinkedIn. Please do it for me and connection with me. And that is a problem. I mean, another big thing, another big problem that executives struggle with is you, you can't really post and ghost. And so you, what I mean by that is you can't post and then get on the platform three days later and post again. It's like, it's a social media platform in a way. This is my favorite tactic that, that most people will not do from a LinkedIn perspective, but like there's a bell on everybody's profile and for anyone in your sales target, so any CIO, CFO, CEO that you want to target, If they are creating content, you have a really good way to connect with them that's not a cold email or a cold call, which they're going to be over and not want to hear. So like, what I'll do is I'll work with sales teams as well. And I'll say, hey, for everyone in your target, connect with them if they ideally accept. Hit the bell. You'll get notified every time that person posts. Share something thoughtfully. Once they've seen your name come up three, five times, you're no longer cold. You went from being a cold, outreach to a warm outreach and in the world that we live in that is so unbelievably valuable but it's the long game again everybody wants oh i just want to send a million messages and get calls and book (laughs) i don't believe sales works that way don't (laughs) think you're gonna have success
2: doing it so this is like the long game build relationships and then sell why don't you talk a little bit more about that like you don't believe and i i agree with you sales isn't like one touch and then you get a demo or someone saying hey i want to work with you and LinkedIn, really, what you're talking about is building rapport through creating value, and then being consistent. Right? That's how you build rapport. Well, unless
1: you're unless you're one of the unless you're one of the 200 people DMing me on a daily basis to, <laughs> that that happened, that seem to believe you you approach it by just like slamming a message in my face. And,
0: exactly. Yeah. And I just I know those do not work. Like what your messaging should be on LinkedIn is not sell. Not, hey, how can I get Peter to buy this? It should be, how can I get a conversation with Peter where I'm going to provide Peter value? And cool, Mm -hmm. if Peter then wants to know about what I'm selling him, awesome. But that is by no means my goal if I want to have any success with it. Like, what will Peter find value in? Do I have a direct resource specifically for Peter? That's a valuable message. Can I connect Peter to somebody in my network? That's a valuable message. Not, hey, Peter, buy my services and pay me $20,000. It's like, that just does not, work, especially if Peter's, I've never engaged with anything Peter did. I've never done anything for Peter. Like why would that ever work? Just blows my mind to your point, Greg, around getting those 20 messages a day. It's like, no, LinkedIn is about setting, doing what you can to build that relationship
2: where maybe you'll be able to sell. Maybe if so, you Greg, provide value first. I'm going to ask Greg a question. Cause he, he works with, and I do too. And I just know he works with a lot of enterprise salespeople across the portfolio. I don't think that's the expectation of the salesperson today is to do that. When I was a rep back long, long time ago, we tried to build rapport by like showing up at events and doing all this stuff and being there and trying to engage with someone to eventually get a conversation. But I don't know if that's the expectation of sales teams out there today.
1: I think, I think it is it for, you know, for strong enterprise sales reps, right? Yeah. I mean, I actually, the company, I'm the interim CEO of right now, Conquer, um, and we are sort of candidly doing some work with with Harris. And the, what. but one of the things, even before even we got involved there, one of the things that um, I think our reps, we've got a couple who are really, really, really good at this, is really kind of putting out real valuable content being able to engage, like doing those things. Right. And I think, but it's not everybody. And I think it probably is a small, right. a small percentage. Fortunately, it's a large percentage of our team, but you know, a small percentage of, of reps out there. I think, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of that, at least in, in, in Harris, you tell me, but I think a lot of that Peter is like this kind of culture of, Hey, I'm going to build an eat like where, where sales was say three, five, yeah, ten years ago, certainly, I'm going to build the biggest possible email list I poss- I can, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to hammer the shit out of that list every <laughs> single day, right? And, Again, and like, I say 0. this being like, point one, right? Like being it literally facts, one of the biggest culprits of this for years, pro- you know, up until the last few yeah. years, right? And you know, and I think that's that's where it comes from. If you're, you know, that was thought leadership, right? but thought lead, the, the definition of like, what is thought leadership has changed a lot now. And I think, you know, Harris would love to, you know, get your take on that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think in the world where email is getting harder and harder to cut through the noise, like I don't think executives are responding to cold emails. I think to your point five years ago, maybe they did, it was better where yeah. it was 0.1%. Now I think it's like 0.0001%. Yeah. And so you can increase your amount that you're sending or you can be more targeted and thoughtful and personalized in a world where people aren't doing that. Like, that's where I think there's gold in, in, in being active on LinkedIn rather than just hammering email less to your point. Yep.
1: So I want to kind of bring this down sort of one level, right? Yeah. If you're a founder, you're a startup. Yes. I mean, certainly the easy answer here is work with Harris work with other, right. But but let's say somebody can't afford it. Let's say the two early stage, let's say, you know, for whatever reason, they want to go it on their own. Right. What's the plan that you recommend? Like if you're saying to somebody, okay, here's the playbook. What is that? What does that look like if you're a founder trying to kick going,
0: So where I would start, let's say you're doing nothing right now on LinkedIn. You, you just don't have time capacity. I would commit to once a week. So every Wednesday at 9am commit mm-hmm. to sharing something valuable that your ICP will read and say, oh, that's interesting. And I'm glad Greg is sharing that because that's helpful for me. So that I would say commit once a week. What I recommend from a post versus comment perspective is 20% of your time focused on posting, 80% on commenting and engaging. Nobody will do that. Very, 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 very few people will do that. Hit the bell on all of your highest prospects and comment and engage. Every time they post, you don't have to do it for me. You don't have to do it for Greg. You don't have to do it for other people, whoever it is that uses your ICP comment and engage with their posts. Another thing that I would recommend is once you start posting more often, let's say you're going once a week, sales navigator has this thing where you can see who views your profile. And so let's say Greg is in my ICP. I get to see Greg viewed my profile. Huh? Greg is interested in what I'm sharing. That might open up an opportunity for me to start a conversation with Greg. It's not going to be a mass blast. Hey, Greg, go buy my $100,000 thing. It's going to be, Greg, like, thanks for showing up. Like, Let me know what I can do to be helpful for you. And so being others-focused, value-focused would be some of the different steps that I would have as, as people are starting out. Those are some of the suggestions that I have.
2: So Harris, can you just briefly explain for people that don't know what Sales Navigator is? Yeah. So sales
0: navigator is a premium version of LinkedIn. It's hundred, dollars a month. There's a couple of things I really like about sales navigator. The most important thing that I like about sales navigator is it tells me who views my profile. And so I can see if a, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of founders or chief revenue officers. So I get to see who are those people that are coming to check me out because they like the content that I'm sharing. And so that's an exercise I do every single day, but again, People don't view your profile unless you're sharing valuable content. Mm -hmm. So that's a really valuable aspect. The other thing that I like about Sales Navigator is the ability to search. So let's say I target between uh, 51 and 500 people in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. I can figure out who are my founders so that I can hit the bell and comment and engage on their posts. Like that's one of the ways. Those are really the two reasons why I like to use it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what you're saying is that 80%, you know, that 80% you're going after you can use LinkedIn navigator to find those 80%. It's not like you're randomly looking for people. You're looking for someone that's in your ICP and then engage with them in a meaningful way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like one thing I'll say,
0: and I did a presentation for like 150 insurance uh, agents recently. They're like inside sales insurance people and nobody uses the LinkedIn uh, messaging video aspects. So you can send somebody a face-to-camera video on LinkedIn. I imagine of Greg, those 200 that you get, maybe 0.05% of that, zero. Zero are the LinkedIn <laughs> video methods. So If you want to stick never out gotten one. in a way. So That's it, cool. it, it's unbelievable. No, never gotten one. And so never you got can just do face-to-camera. Hey, Peter, really love that post that you shared. Blah, blah, blah. Would love to connect next time I'm in your area. Like just something that you might, you might click that. So let's say there's a 1% chance you click the, the cold direct message. I would say there's a 10%, maybe 20% chance you, you connect that video, something that will severely differentiate you from everybody else just pressing a button so cool. and sending a billion messages.
1: I, I love that. So what, it, yeah, that's really funny. I mean, maybe there's one like buried in there, although I have a feeling that I think probably all three of us are going to get about 40 of them this week. but. Um, when this goes live,
2: so I want to, I want to see you
1: one. Right. right. So what do you, what do you tell a founder, right. Who just doesn't know if their posts or what they're trying to produce is valuable. Yeah. I mean, and they're, you know, what, what do you tell somebody who's struggling with that? So
0: what I would say, like when you talk to your ICP and you tell them something, they're like, Oh, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. That's valuable. And that's stuff that you can start to think through and like bring to, different conversations, what are different posts on on LinkedIn. One thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is LinkedIn should be part of your business development strategy. So if you're also cold calling, you're also sending emails, you're also it's like it is another thing to increase your surface area for luck, especially when you think about people buy from people. So I start to see Greg and I really like Greg's content. It's not going to happen. You're not going to post once and people are going to come flooding your doors. It's just not going to happen. But when you think about the compounding effectiveness, where X person becomes known as the person on digital transformation or the best staffing company because they do X, Y, and Z, like over time, that really helps. I cannot tell you enough how many times people have told me, oh, wow, well, I feel like I know everything going on about you because I've been seeing you on LinkedIn. And those people have never liked and commented a single thing. I had a, a CEO of a, of a public company that I happen to run into. And he was like, I see you all the time. And I'm like, what? You? Like, y- you see me. I'm like, it- it's just unbelievable the reach that you can have by being active. So I talk a lot about and like the work that I increasing your surface area for luck, posting on LinkedIn once a week for 52 weeks a year is a great way to increase your surface area for luck. Without it, you have a zero percent of ever getting a sale on there. You spend an hour a week, yeah. something good is gonna happen. Someone is gonna see your content and be like, they're gonna be talking to a friend and they're gonna and they're gonna pass it your wet. I mean, like that's like the way the world works these days.
1: It's wild. I mean, it really is. And I've seen this firsthand, right? And we I have I have spoken to, and again, this isn't no, I'm not bashing our portfolio or anything. I it's it's unbelievable when you see a technology, and again, whether it's LinkedIn or it's other social platforms, when you see the power of audience building and building community, like and what really that can do it It's unbelievable when you see it in action, but it's always so interesting to me the reluctance of people to do it, right? I don't want to put myself out there like that. I don't want to i think there's a perception that you have to be on there, kind of you know bragging or whatever people you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of awkwardness I think that people really struggle with, but there is a way to do this that is you know, that is really authentic, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're posting bullshit, well, it's bullshit, right? But if you're, if you actually are, are, you know, authentically yourself, it's okay to say the things that you are, you've accomplished, right? It's, yeah. it's actually okay.
0: Not wanting to brag is a big one that comes up with people. And I totally get that. Like I actively try to never brag on any of my posts. And if somebody sees a post and it seems like I'm bragging, please call me out. Cause I I don't, nobody likes that. I don't want to be the person who's bragging on LinkedIn, but sharing things that have helped me that I think will help other people is like really what I try to focus on. But that is to your point, Greg, it's a huge pushback that I hear is I don't want to brag on
2: here.
1: Well, you see, I think it's because you, you also see people do it very poorly, right? I mean, you go on there, you spend three minutes on there, and um, Twitter is the same way, right? You go on there, you spend three minutes. It's, I did the, you know, I, I made $5 million in six weeks, and right. I'll give you all the answers to how to do it, right? I mean, it. it you see a lot of that stuff on, it, you know, a lot of people who we know, Harris.
2: Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and where you're like, Ugh. Yeah, you, know. you see less of
0: that on, on LinkedIn than Twitter because people have to like put... And so that's one of the reasons to your points around like why LinkedIn is like, one, you have way less trolls on LinkedIn, people who feel comfortable just being mean to be mean and being rude to be rude. But also like it's it's harder to make that stuff up on LinkedIn as it is on, on Twitter. But that and stuff is all over Twitter. It is a little bit too much on LinkedIn. And I do try to and maybe I, I can probably be even better at this, but like paint a picture of like, everything's not perfect. Yes. Like I am struggling right. just like we're all struggling. Mm-hmm. I do try to say that on there on LinkedIn. Cause I think that's important. It can't just be like, Hey, I made these amazing sales and people are bo- knocking down my door. It's like, no, I had to cancel four calls because my baby was sick and I'm struggling. Right. Just like we're all kind of struggling. Like that's <laughs> yeah. an important aspect when I try to get
2: that out there too. You made a point earlier about how in LinkedIn, um you're like you're a real person there you can't hide behind anything and so it's more authentic and less trolls because i know there's fake people on linkedin but they're almost so obvious it's so hard to fake an entire resume and their whole like being on linkedin without us being able to tell you know right away um is that one of the aspects you you know that that's kind of the point you were making before i just wanted to call it back out like yeah they're real people there.
0: It's one of the things I love because also when I work with clients, like I have one client who targets fortune 1000 CIOs and like, that's who he needs to get conversations with for what he's doing. And so he posts, we post together three, like three times a week. And every time I can see all the people who like this post, like I get to see their exact job title. Facebook doesn't have that. Instagram doesn't have that. Twitter doesn't have that. Like I get to see, I'm like, okay, ICP, ICP. No, 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 no. Like, and so you can figure out who are the people that I want to, try to set up a conversation with to build a relationship with. And some of my best clients, and this is like not necessarily LinkedIn, but like a sales thing in general, is like before just going to immediate pitch, what value can I bring? So I have one client who pulls together CHROs, but he puts on every month, he puts on an executive CHRO dinner. So he engages with them on LinkedIn, they engage with his stuff. And then instead of saying, hey, buy my staffing solution, he says, we'd love to have you at a dinner with other executives and they're like done boom after that potentially he sells them but like please don't use that linkedin direct message as like a buy my hundred thousand dollars it just
2: doesn't work mm-hmm. I like truly i yeah. don't think it works yeah <laughs> not yeah. to me
1: yeah i mean this is what you're laying out is basically a more modern approach to go to market for most companies right i think particularly when you start to get into enterprise and things like that Peter, I actually have a question for you. I mean, you're in this business, Peter's yeah. founder, of Render, CEO of Render Tribe, digital marketing agency. We do all kinds of stuff with ABM or Peter does all kinds of stuff. Peter's company does all kinds of stuff with ABM and email marketing and things like that. I mean, yeah. how Peter, how do you see this actually like changing with, you know, there's, it, there's been a lot of publicity around whether uh, the impact, who knows, but you know, around Gmail and Yahoo and really kind of narrowing down email marketing and things like that. Like, how how do you see this evolving?
2: So not only that, what's happening in email and B2B, um, 370 billion was the last one I know of emails a year and B2B. They expected to increase like Like 70 billion. Outbound emails getting sent. So like sales emails emails getting
1: sent. Yeah,
2: marketing and all B two B emails, right? So, yep, they're they expected a seventy billion increase in the last year, but what actually I think it's getting outrun because of the AI applications that are now creating personalized emails, and I did air quotes for those listening on these personal personalized emails that they're really not that personal. I mean. AI is kind of not quite there yet, in my opinion. That's just my opinion from when I've seen, I see Harris, he probably has an opinion on this. going to ask him in one second to be ready for it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's spitting back something from your website that you wrote like five years ago and you're like, kind of laugh. You're like, oh, is that still on there? I guess it is. Cause they send it back an email, like a personalization thing. Like some of those things are things I've seen. I I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying that being authentic is hard today. And I think multi-touch across multiple platforms, even more so on everything we're doing, whether it's a display ad or a LinkedIn engagement from a rep, along with whatever the company's doing in LinkedIn, all those things together, what, what gets the outcome is. And so creating, as I love the way you say surface, like that surface area, you wanna get as much surface area as you can. And if you're doing sales outbound, like we have a company that we work with. The phone is working better than it ever has been. They're selling into manufacturing. So those people are there, right? It's easier to find them. But the phone's working because email is just like, it's overrun, right? And then social is the other piece that's working too. So it's like, you have to balance them all. You still have to do them, but you have to balance them all and just make sure you're getting as much surface area as you can, to Terrace's point. What, what do you think about, what's going on with email right now and what you're seeing. Yeah.
0: Some of the, the AI solutions that can quote, like personalize it, like your point yeah. around, Hey, they wrote a blog yeah. article about this five years ago when we pull it into it. So it sense. <laughs> yeah, that is more what I'm seeing rather than like, Oh, I can tell, like, it seems like it was a direct, met. I don't think we're at the point from an AI perspective where it's that beneficial. I don't know how we really get there,
2: but I mean, I'm knows? sure they're going to figure it out. Right. But yeah, you know, but right, right now it's definitely not solved.
1: <laughs> right, what is the right role for AI in this, Harris? I mean, because somebody can go on. Yeah. You can tell ChatGPT to write a LinkedIn post, right? Like what is, and I'm not saying that's the right use case, but what is? what is the right use case for AI here?
2: So I would
0: say, please don't do what you just said, which some people will do, and I'm just gonna cringe and be like, this was so obviously written by your ChatGPT," and nobody's ever gonna engage with that. But AI can be an absolutely helpful tool yeah. in coming up with ideas. So you could say, Hey, I'm Love the it. founder of a sales enablement platform and I wanna to write towards chief revenue officers. What are ideas of types of posts that I can write? And use those 10 ideas and put your own Harris spin on it that otherwise you wouldn't be able to do. Like the the LinkedIn posts that get the most engagement have some type of personal, unique spin to them. Hey, I had 25 conversations with CHROs and these were the top three priorities that they told me heading into 2024. Like that type of stuff is interesting. It's like, oh, what's your unique value that you can provide? Share that into a LinkedIn post rather than just like, yeah, here's what companies are focused on. It's like, okay, you just put that into chat. It's just not going to be, helpful and valuable. So the more you can kind of bring that personal aspect into your LinkedIn work, I think the better it can be as well, but it can absolutely be a helpful thing as far as like, what will my ICP care about? I think you can get some pretty good ideas as far as like initial topics for content Mm -hmm. from an AI.
1: Yep. And research, I think, right? I mean, is the other, is the other, right? To, you know, to be able to get some background research on what you're talking about. I mean, you may be able to write a post, but, you know, be able to get a couple good You know, pieces of research or something like that incorporated into it. For sure, the other the other area where I've seen it, where I've seen it valuable.
2: By the way, he did air quotes too. (laughs) What's that? He did air quotes for the the personalized. (laughs) No, I'm just telling people that didn't see this on YouTube.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. So you know, Harris, uh, just kind of wrapping it up here. I mean, this is great. I think this is uh, you know, this is super actionable. I mean, if you had to give people to kind of summarize this, three things, start doing it today. If you're a founder or you're an executive, and you want to go this on your own. What are, the, what are those three things? Like, Just start here, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what I would say is number one, commit to, if you can't do once a week, do once a month and commit to that for yep. six months. Commit to something, some regular schedule. Share some regular cadence, some regular schedule on there would be number one. Number two, I would say, don't just post and ghost. Comment and engage. Comment and engage with your ICP. When they are posting, they are giving you an opportunity to engage with them. So it's really hard to get their attention, but if they post, hit that bell in their profile and engage with them. And then number three would be is like, be in it for the long haul. Don't just sell immediately. Like LinkedIn is about starting to build that relationship Providing value, and then maybe there's an opportunity to sell. But like, play it for the long game. Build that relationship over time, and trust that it's all going to work out. Play the long game. Do it for at least six months. Would be kind of that third piece.
1: Awesome advice. What uh, What is next for uh, for linked revenue and uh, and your business and your own your
0: own Chandra's journey? Now? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. So, so I'm having a lot of fun. We're working to scale up. We're working with a lot of different founders, chief revenue officers, and getting a lot of requests to hey, can you do a workshop for our sales team on how they can utilize LinkedIn? Because I think a lot of sales teams are not doing that. But I think this is still a really unique opportunity. Like, I think if you are listening to this and you're like, ah, everybody's posting on LinkedIn, they're not. Most people are afraid of, they don't know what to post, they don't have time, and they're worried about being judged. So you're still in a very small percentage of people that are doing it. So don't think Mm -hmm. that you're too late. In a year from now, maybe you'll be too late. I still don't think so. I think there's too much like psychological... Uh, area, factors area. that prevent people from doing it, but you're not too late. Just start, maybe start small and then watch what happens when you do it over a long haul, trust the process, know that it'll work over a long period of time. That would be some of the suggestions that I have. And that's where we're headed. Super exciting. I'm, I'm grateful, lucky that I found a niche that there seems to be a, a growing, increasing need. This is my I guess, fourth or fifth founder uh, example, three or four didn't have this type of success. So building on it and you never know what every day is going to bring. So just staying grateful and excited about the future.
1: That's awesome. How do people reach you? If they uh, they want more information on what you're doing uh, to get in contact with you, probably LinkedIn would be.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the, the uh, <laughs> you got to gotta message me on LinkedIn. I mean, extra points if you send me a video message, which very few people will do. But if you send me a face to camera video message, that would be awesome. But yeah, reach me on LinkedIn, Harris Banner off. Uh, link dash revenue is our website and yeah i look forward to talking with anybody who wants to talk linkedin
1: we will uh we'll post the uh we'll post the contact info in the show notes harris this is uh this is awesome i have known harris for a couple of years now uh we met uh, actually through social channels through twitter or linkedin or i think twitter originally and um and uh you know i can certainly say i mean the work that he's doing is uh is is incredibly valuable so if you're a founder you're a you're a startup leader you're an executive and you want to start to take a more modern approach to uh, you know i think to outbound marketing and really building audience building community and uh in a much more personalized way harris is definitely a guy to talk to so harris this is awesome have you back for sure um on uh on the podcast and uh until next time, we will. And I think Peter, this is our last podcast. I think before Christmas, right? This is our last recording. So uh, yeah. So, but this will this will air after after the holidays. But uh, but, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you guys. Um, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of uh, all of the above. And uh, it's been a great year on uh, on the podcast. So we'll see you next year. Thank you. And if you're listening to this in 2024. We're talking about 23, so ignore that. <laughs>